You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Last week, Kirsten was here, and those of you who were here will remember that she shared with us and began talking about prayer. Today, I want to do part two, and in two weeks' time, do part three. Unless you want to be here for an hour this morning, I'm happy either way. But we'll go for part three in a couple of weeks' time. Prayer is a life link. It's the, it's the thing that every Christian must have and use. My daughter does deep sea diving. And uh, she goes down and she takes photos of the things that she sees. But on her back, she's got the tanks, the, the oxygen tanks. And without them, she would not survive. She needs that lifeline. She needs that oxygen to see her through. The last couple of years, we've been having holidays down at Kira. And uh, early in the mornings, we've seen the the parachuters coming out and and coming down onto the beach. Without those parachutes, they have not any hope whatsoever if they decide to jump. The parachute is is the lifeline. So prayer to the Christian is the lifeline. When Jesus walked this earth, he used prayer all the time. He would spend all night in prayer praying to his Father. And if Jesus, being the Son of God, saw the need to have prayer, how much more for you and I? And so today I want us just to move on from what Kirsten said last week and to look at a few other things. One of the things she did say last week well, she used that illustration that where Jesus told that parable of where the, the publican and the Pharisee went down into the temple. And, and Jesus tells the story of how the, the Pharisee gets up and he begins to sprout on how big he is and how good he is. And Jesus says, and he prayed to himself. Didn't even pray to God. He prayed to himself. When I was thinking about that, I, I heard the story told of a, a guy who prayed a very, very selfish prayer. And, and, and he used the, you know, real religious words. Oh, God. He said, oh, God, bless my mother's only son. Bless my wife's husband. And Lord, bless me. He just prayed for himself and himself only. Prayer is, is coming into God. And so this morning we'll be looking at what prayer is not. And then we'll be looking at uh, what prayer is and we'll be looking at how can we really benefit from prayer. How can we get prayer that really works? Is that what you want? You want prayer that really works? You know, we, we can use prayer and often we think, you know, God's not hearing or, or, or whatever. But I want us to really think about that this morning. So the first thing is prayer is not. Prayer is not trying to get God's attention. God knows who we are. He knows before we pray. He knows everything about us. And so we're not going to you know, come, back up, come up to the throne room and knock on the door. God, God, listen, it's me, it's me. God knows who we are. We're not trying to get God's attention. And we're not trying to get God to do something for us. But let's see what prayer really is. Prayer is 
and I love this. When I, when I read this definition, I said, this is great. Prayer is communication with God. Communication means a two-way street. It's just not you or me just doing all the talking, but God talking to us. Communication with God, then believing and receiving what he has already given to us in Jesus. Let me say that again. I'm allergic to those microphones. It's believing and receiving. The Bible tells us that the demons believe in God and they tremble. So just believing is not enough. We've got to put belief into action. I've got a little white car out the front. It's a little Yaris I've had for over 10 years. And in my pocket I've got my license. And in my other pocket I've got my keys. Now I can go out and get in that car. I drove it here this morning so I know I can drive it. And I can sit there believing and believing and believing and believing and I can still be sitting there next Sunday morning still believing but I'm not going to get anywhere until I put that belief into action. That's what prayer is. Belief into action. Believing and then receiving what Jesus has done for us. Alright, let's have a look at something else. Reasons why prayer aren't answered. Jude just read to us from James chapter 4. Let me read it again. James chapter 4. And by the way, this message is being recorded. And I really encourage you to either take notes, take notes of the, of the passages, because you, you need to go back and reread them and reread them. This is not what Neil is saying, this is what the scriptures are saying. And we need to grab hold of that and to apply it to our lives. All right? So, and there's other means of listening to the, to the message as well. Things that I don't understand, so I'm not going to talk about them. <laughs> Ask Stephen about that. James chapter 4. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? You lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you have not, because you ask not. You ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you might consume it upon your lusts. You adulterers and adulterers, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. All right. Why aren't our prayers answered? One. Because we don't ask. It's very simple, isn't it? Because we don't ask. I was talking to a family a number of years ago who were two young boys and we were talking about prayer and asking God and they said, you know, we don't feel that we can ask God for anything. I said, why not? I said, well, we're just ordinary people and, and God's so big, he's the creator of the world. Who am I to, to come and ask him? And I said to them, what would you feel like if your two boys never came and asked you for anything throughout their whole life? And they said, we wouldn't like it. I said, why? Well, we're their parents, aren't we? We want them to come and ask and, and we, we would uh, to give to them. I said, exactly. 
God was asked to come and ask because we are his children and he wants to give to us because he loves us. And the other reason we don't have is because we don't ask with the right motive. Ever done that? Prayed in such a way that it wasn't the right motive? <laughs> I have. When I was 14 years of age, uh, my mother died. And my little sister and I, we were sent down to stay with my uncle and auntie in Sydney. Had to go to a new school, new environment. And looking back, I was pretty angry, I think. I was pretty angry at, at God, pretty angry at the world. But my mum had taught me that I had to pray every night before I went to bed. And I did. I can promise you I prayed every night. But I didn't pray with the right motives. There were kids at school I didn't like, so I would pray, God, help me to get revenge on those kids. That's not a right motive. And I would find things that I, I wouldn't God to do for me because of my anger and, and, and hurt and grief and, and all those things that were happening in my little world. But I wasn't asking with the right attitude. And obviously God wasn't going to answer those prayers. So there are the two main things why our prayers aren't answered. One, that we don't bother asking. And secondly, that we ask with the wrong motive. And James goes on to say that you can't be friends with the world and friends with God. It's one or the other. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. And so we've got to make sure that we've got the right motives as we come into the presence of God. Alrighty. Steps that bring results. This is what we want to hear, isn't it? What are the things that are going to bring results? Remember the definition is communicating with God, believing and receiving what God has done for us. I want you to turn, if you would, with me to John chapter 15. There's a few verses up there and we'll come to those in a moment. John chapter 15. Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches. But in verse 7 he says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Do you believe that? Ooh, gee, that's quietness. Believing and receiving. God's word says... If we abide in Jesus, we can ask what we will and God will give it to us. That's what the Bible says. Not me, but the Bible says. And you see, God wants to do that, but the word, key word is abiding. It's coming and being attached to Jesus. It's being in, in tune with him. So when we are in tune with him, what we're going to ask is what God wants for us anyway because we are walking with God, what God wants for us. So we're going to be in tune with him following him, walking with him. There's some beautiful promises here. Let's go back to John chapter 14 and verses 13 and 14. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's pretty good, eh? 
I believe in prayer. We've been praying over this book for life for the last nine to ten years. Over 20,000 people that we've got in it that we're praying for. Because of those prayers, over 200 have come to know Jesus. That's answered prayer. And God delights in us coming and asking. I heard a funny story during the week of a guy who came to God and said, God, tell me, what's a million years to you in my time? What's a million years? And God said, well, probably a second or two. He said, well, okay. He said, God, what's a million dollars to you? And God said, well, in your money, probably five cents, thereabouts. So he went even braver than that. He said, God, will you give me a million dollars? God said, my son, I'd love to give it to you. Just wait a second. <laughs> but all jokes aside, God loves us coming and asking. But let's go to the back of your Bible to 1 John. The back of the Bible, you've got 1, 2, and 3 John. Leading up towards the book of Revelation. But we're looking at 1 John chapter 3. And verse 22. This verse and the verse that I'm going to read after this are incredible. Verse 22 of 1 John chapter 3. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments, and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. And then he goes on to, to explain that keeping the commandments is loving Jesus and loving our neighbour. But then, then, then 1 John chapter 5 and verses 14 and 15. And I just want to concentrate on this. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. Don't you love that? We have the confidence. Confidence meaning no doubt, not coming and saying, oh gee, I hope this is going to work. We have the confidence that if we ask him, he hears us, and if he hears us, he then is going to give what we ask for. That's what prayer is all about. If we come before God in that attitude, knowing that God's going to answer us. Wow. The world's the limit. We can do anything as long as we are abiding in him and keeping what he wants us to do. And you see, I think we just need to, to hear that, that God loves us. He, he died for us that, that we might come into the very presence of God. We are his children. And he, he just dotes on all of us. Notice God never has any grandchildren. They're all children. And the Bible says that we can come and we can call him father or even daddy. That's, a, that's the type of relationship he wants with you and he wants with me. And he wants us to come knowing with confidence without any doubt whatsoever, that he will hear us and he will answer us. As long as we're not praying with the wrong attitude, 
as long as we are not thinking of other things, greedy things or whatever, if we are willing to do what he wants us to do, he said, ask and you shall receive. Over and over and over again, Jesus says that. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. And you quote verse after verse after verse. That's what Jesus is willing to do for you and for me. But for that to happen, we've got to tune in to him. Next week, the Australian Open starts. If you love tennis, it's going to be on, on Channel 7 or 7.2 or whatever. In the last couple of weeks, if you like cricket, they've had the big bash and they've had all, all, all the different sportings happening. But whatever you like on TV, if you want something on Channel 7, you're not going to ch turn into Channel 92 because you're not going to get what you want. If you're on Channel 9, you've got to turn to Channel 9. And I guarantee that when you get your remote control, you don't get there and say, gee, I hope this is going to work. Now, I don't know how it all works. I know the waves are out there. I know if my TV's on, I hit Channel 9, boom, Channel 9's on. I don't doubt, I don't fret about it. I have the full confidence that it's going to work. And that's what prayer is all about. Having the full confidence and tuning in and being abiding in Jesus. That's what prayer is all about. Alrighty. Happy with that? So now, we're in that working. We've got to apply faith. Faith is an interesting word, isn't it? But we exercise it all the time. I just gave you an illustration about TV. I noticed this morning when you all came in, that none of you got down to make sure all the screws were in place in those seats. Why? Because you had faith. You exercise faith. And we do it all the time. So when it comes to prayer, we exercise faith. All right? All right. The beginning of that is that we confess that we have it. That's how faith works. So, for example, if someone came down, and I tell them every time I pray for anybody who, who needs healing, you've got a cold, and you come down and you say, look, I really want prayer for this cold. The cold's still going to be there, but you've got to believe that God's heard your prayer, or those who prayed for you, and that God's answering that prayer. So you don't go home and say, oh, boy, that prayer didn't work. Boom, it's finished. Forget it. You've got to come by faith and believe and begin to believe and start confessing that you have it and you hold on to it and act as if you have it. All right? That's, that is vital for us to do that because without that, without that, that faith, the Bible tells us that by faith we please God. Hebrews chapter 1 verse, chapter 11, sorry, and verse 1 Faith is, is knowing and receiving even though you can't see it. That's a, that's a modern illustration of what that is. It's knowing and believing and receiving. And if we go back to the definition of prayer, prayer is communication with God, believing and receiving what God has already given to us. It's all ours already. Jesus has done all of that. 
We don't have to fight the enemy and say, you've got to get out of here, this is mine. It is ours. We just tell them to get lost. We have the power and the authority. Now, in two weeks' time, we'll be looking at the, the instruments that we have to, to overcome. All right? there's, there's different things that we can use to make sure we're going to have victory. So you've got to be here in two weeks' time. You've got to be here next week, but in two weeks' time, you've got to be back. To, to hear what are the things that we can use that will help us to overcome. And what is the enemy going to try and do to make sure it doesn't work? What is the enemy going to try and do to break down that belief, that faith that you have? All right? So I just want to get you excited about that. You're going to hear how Satan is defeated and how you overcome them. Because whether you like it or not, Satan doesn't like you. He doesn't like you sitting in here this morning hearing about faith and believing that you can overcome and that your prayers are going to work. He doesn't want you to know that. He knows it works, but he doesn't want you to know. 